what made you want to just capture everything and then put your own perspective on it? I think from being in the world as a political journalist, I've just seen that it's broken. Like the system we have, it, it's completely broken, you know? Like one group of Americans are getting their news from one source and another group of Americans are getting their news from another source, you know? If you sit me down with somebody and I ask them three questions about, you know, what, what news shows do you watch? What paper do you read? I can tell you 99 times out of 100 who they're gonna vote for, you know? We can't be living in two different realities, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's important that that people are getting the same information from the same place. So I want to make it obvious for people and easy for people to see what the other side's thinking. Like, what's their thought process behind this belief they have? I mean, that's the heart of it right there. Welcome, everyone, to episode five of the Paul and Pals podcast. I'm your host, Pony Boy Paul. And Paul and Pals is the podcast where I interview my creative pals to learn how they became who they are today to inspire you for tomorrow. On episode five, I have a creative conversation with my pal, Isaac Saul. He is the founder of Tango News, an independent, ad-free, nonpartisan politics newsletter. Whew, I'm sorry, that was just a lot of syllables, but I think I'm good now. That offers both sides of the biggest news stories every day. By the way, did you know that you could be a Democrat and think something Democrats did was bad? I know, right? Who would have thought? Before this episode, I'll be honest and admit that I wasn't that knowledgeable about what was going on politically in the United States. Even after this episode, it's still an effort to maintain at least some sense and understanding of what's going on. I'm probably a little biased, but reading Tango News has definitely made it easier to keep up politically. Isaac actually admits to his own bias and addresses this concept of unbiased journalism and if it even exists. He also lets us know how he keeps his bias in check with the help of his readers and how we can all do a better job of being open-minded because we really are living in two different realities. But without any further ado, let's get creative. Let's get creative. Let's get creative. Yeah. Hey, what up, Isaac? How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, you sound good. You sound good. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you great, man. How are you doing? I'm good. How you living, bro? How you living? Oh, man. It's another day in quarantine. I'm, you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for this to be over, man. And, and where are you staying at? Where are you living at right now? I live in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Um, Brooklyn. Where are you? Where are you based? I actually stay in uh, Houston, Houston right now. So it's uh, kind of the epicenter nice. of the yeah. city. Yeah. So I'm trying, to, I'm trying to stay inside. <laughs> we, flip, we flip places, man. That's what Brooklyn used to be where you didn't yeah. want to be. And now Texas oh. is not where you want to be. It's crazy. My girlfriend is actually a nurse. And she tells me that like they're trying to like run out a room. Like it's, it's going pretty crazy. But that's why I'm trying to stay yeah. in here and do the live stuff. But man, uh. First of all, I want to thank you for joining, man. Uh, I'm going to give a little intro on how we kind of got to know each other. So, to my girlfriend, she actually told me about the newsletter, right? I guess oh, one I of her friends posted it on her Facebook. And I'm like, I guess I'll check it out. So, I read the concept, and I know you're going to talk more about that. And I just felt like it could really help out. So, I, I reached out to you via Twitter. Um, You got back to me, I think, almost within a day. And I'm like, oh, wow, like, that's kind of dope. You know, I saw the little... <laughs> Verification checks. So I don't know if my, my message went straight to uh, spam, but I appreciate you for taking the time to uh, really join us and talk about what you're doing, man. But yeah, let me start out with you. 
tell us about yourself. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so yeah, I'm a I'm a political reporter. That's how I got the little check mark on Twitter. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I've been I've been writing I guess professionally now for like nine or ten years. I started in college. I uh, went to the University of Pittsburgh. Um, lived over in the Middle East for a little bit. Worked at the Huffington Post, and then uh, started. Uh, actually started working at this company called A Plus, which is a, a media outlet that does positive news, um, okay. which is hard to find these days. So it's Ashton Kutcher's media company. Um, oh, right. so I, yeah, yeah. So I was like on the ground floor with him and a few other people. So I had the experience of sort of like growing this media company from the very beginning. And yeah, sure. um, and about a year ago, we got bought and we transitioned from like writing. I was doing political reporting to just doing video. So when that happened, I really needed like an outlet for my writing. I was I've been a politics reporter for like five or six years. I had all these sources, all this knowledge. I wanted to do something with it. Um, and so I started this thing called Tangle, which is like a, it's basically a politics newsletter that sort of takes the best arguments both sides are making about an issue and puts them side by side so you can like read the case that people are making on whatever the big news of the day is. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, it was pretty much for me, it was like, you know, I grew up in suburban Pennsylvania, uh, one of the most politically diverse counties in the entire United States. So it's mm -hmm. actually like a really important county for winning Pennsylvania because it goes between red and blue. Uh, so I have a lot of friends who are Republicans, a lot of friends who are Democrats, and everybody hates each other, man. And that's not good. So I'm trying to yeah. fix that a little bit. Got you. So let's break that down. You kind of you kind of said a lot there in that timeline. So going back to you going to school. Uh, so you you grew up in Pennsylvania, and you went to school for journalism, right? Yeah, and, nonfiction writing, technically. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what was the inspiration behind that? Like, why was that like something you felt really passionate about? Yeah, actually, I didn't. I went to school to be an athletic trainer. Um, I'm a big sports guy. So I love like I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm just a sports junkie in general. And I had this dream of being on the sidelines of professional football games or basketball games. And I thought a really fun way to be there and like be part of the team was to be an athletic trainer. So I actually went to school to train, like basically went on like a pre-med path to school because I wanted to get into sports medicine pretty much and my first year i was just bombing my classes that had to do with athletic training and medicine and i was crushing my classes that were like writing and creative and i was really enjoying the classes that were writing and creative um so i like pretty much at the end of my freshman year i made the decision to jump majors and switch to athletic training and then i applied for a job at the pit news uh which was the school paper the print version of the school paper and so that was like that was the big jump for me was getting a job at like a campus paper that was a print paper and then being in like an english writing major and i mean that was it the moment i got a taste of it i loved it it was gotcha. like yeah cool cool cool. and then like kind of talking about how you felt like your city was very kind of political in terms of left right just kind of going back and forth when you were when you kind of got that writing experience, that journalism, were you already kind of politically active or was it like not really like a, a, a thought in your mind? Yeah, I mean, I was I was definitely paying attention because um, I was in college. I'm 29 now. So I was a freshman in college in 2009. So Barack Obama had just been elected. I mean, it was a, 
a, a pretty incredible time for the country. It was like, a, you know, politics was changing. The 24-hour news cycle was coming. Uh, my family is very political, very liberal. Um, and like my dad and my mom are both pretty involved. My grandparents were super involved in politics. So I had like a lot of influence. I mean, my dad was reading me the New York Times every morning, you know, out loud over breakfast. Um, So it was like a big deal. Barack Obama was a huge deal in my house. The the Democrat Republican battles were a huge deal in my house. Um, So I, I definitely was like, I think, paying attention more than most people. But when I first started writing, I was doing sports journalism. So um, I actually got my start at the at the Pitt News. I was a, a sports editor for the school paper. So I was reporting on basketball, football. And then I kind of slowly started writing more about politics and then ended up making that jump, too. Gotcha. Yeah. And then being that the concept of Tangle is very it's obviously political, but like it's it's trying to take that bias out which when you think about it, you can't take bias out because we're humans and we we're the ones writing that information. So yeah. what made you feel like instead of, you know, with growing up liberal, what made you feel like instead of going to join a publication that may be leaning left, what made you want to just capture everything and then put your own perspective on it? I mean, the, the truth of it is that like, I I think from being in the world as a political journalist, I've just seen that it's broken. Like the system we have, it, it's completely broken. You know, mm-hmm. like one one group of Americans are getting their news from one source and another group of Americans are getting their news from another source. You know, if you sit me down with somebody and I ask them three questions about, you know, what, what news shows do you watch? What paper do you read? I can tell you 99 times out of 100 who they're going to vote for. You know, Fox News voters Wall Street Journal, Fox News viewers and Wall Street Journal yeah. readers are going to vote for Republicans. New York Times readers, MSNBC watchers are going to vote for liberals. And yeah. that's like a huge problem. That's not that's, good. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. That's like the that's the heart of it is just like we can't be living in two different realities. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's important that that people are getting the same information from the same place. So I want to make it obvious for people and easy for people to see what the other side's thinking like what's the, what's their thought process behind this belief they have um gotcha. and that's that's like uh that's the, i mean that's the heart of it right there yeah no but i really like the concept because i think what's what can be hard about situations that are controversial is that they're very emotionally charged right and you can't remove emotion from a lot of things but sometimes you may let it cloud your judgment and the problem with that is now you're not thinking logically you're thinking emotionally right so uh, one of the things that I like about how you present that left and the right is you always present your opinion. And I don't, I wouldn't, obviously, you know, you grew up liberal, you're very left, but I think what I like is that you're very conscious about like your bias, but you also doesn't let it affect you too much. So why do you feel like you had to add that aspect of your own take? Yeah. I mean, look, an important thing too is like, I, I think like generally speaking on most issues, uh, like, I fall to the left on a lot of stuff. Like if I, if I, you know, if you, if you gained it out and looked at it, um, there would be more issues that I fell to the left on, but like, I'm, I'm a complex person, man. You know, like I just don't go, I don't go follow what the democratic party is saying because the democratic party and most Americans are like that. I mean, most people are not black and white, you know, like I, I have a lot of, a lot of my friends are liberals to the left and, I fall to the right on of them on a lot of issues and I fall to the left on them on some issues. So 
for me, it was important to just like add some nuance and, and say like, it's okay. It's okay to be a Democrat and think that something Democrats did is bad. It's okay to be a Republican and say Donald Trump's fucking up right now. Like it's, that's all right. It's like, you know, and, and we, as a, as a country, like we need to do that more, you know, we need to look at the people who are on our team and say like, you're kind of fucking up right now. Like, you know, this isn't, this isn't good. Um, And, and that, that's definitely like a motivation for me to share that, to share my take and my opinion is because I think when, because I'm honest about that, like the people who read Tangle who are conservative, they trust me because they know that like I, I'm willing to call out the, my team if they're if they're messing up. And the people who are left and read Tangle, they know that I'm going to call bullshit if I see it. And, and yeah. that's like a powerful thing to have is to just be honest about yeah. that. Which is so crazy because I, I genuinely think the, the average person feels the same way, like there's nuance in everything and, and committing yourself to a side is doing a disservice to the fact that that's not how the world works. So uh, I think that's really dope. And just to announce to the people that are listening, uh, I will be doing a kind of uh, raffle questioning afterwards. I want to sh- give a shout out to Isaac once again. He'll be giving one lucky viewer a uh, one-year paid subscription to the Tangle News. Can you tell us about the free versus the uh, paid portion of Tangle? Like, what's the difference? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I... M- my personal belief and like a ethos of the newsletter is that I, I do not think that informative political journalism should be behind a paywall. I don't think like that should be a barrier for people to get interested and read. So um, 90% of the newsletter is free. Monday through Thursday is free. Uh, so anybody can sign up for free if they want. But, um, you know, I have to try and make a living <laughs> too. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, like at some point you got to ask people because these things don't run themselves. You know, I put in a lot of time for it. Um, so paid subscribers get Friday editions, which are like a little bit more personal and freewheeling and like insider info about the newsletter, about stuff that's going on in the political world. I kind of just mix it up with readers a lot more in the Friday editions. Um, I'll say, frankly, most subscribers who pay and read the Friday editions tell me that they're like the ones they look forward to. They like them the most because I just think that I I just let everything go and do a bit more. You know, I'll just I'll just write about whatever I'm feeling that day, um, which is cool. And it gives me a space to be a little bit like get out of the structure of the typical newsletter. Um, So, yeah, it's just like a little bit of extra extra sauce for the week, man. I feel you. No, I, I actually like the because I just joined uh, to be a, a paid member, and I really like what you had this last, uh, I think this last Friday, and you kind of just like let your emotions on how you've been feeling with all that's going on. So uh, have you seen, because when did you actually start to tangle? I started it in August last year. I'm coming up on, uh, I'm just about at 10 months now, which is crazy. Okay. Yeah. That's dope. And have you seen a recent, I don't know, maybe spike or change with the recent protests and just all the political information coming out? I would think that people are trying to be maybe more informed. Like, what have you seen regarding everything? Big like- time, man. Um, open rates on the newsletter are up. Replies to the newsletter are up. Subscriptions are up. Signups are up. Everything is up. People are, I mean, I, I've, I've written this in the newsletter a few times too. The, the ground is moving beneath our feet. Um, I think there's something really big happening in the country right now, not just not just 
the Black Lives Matter movement and addressing police brutality and racial injustice in the country and all these things. I mean, that is a huge part of it. But even just under Donald Trump, you know, politics are like the best show on earth right now. It's like everybody's <laughs> dialed in. It's good TV, you know? Yeah. I mean? So that's, that's, that's not typical. You know, five years ago, it was like the Kardashians were what people are interested in. Right now, it's like people are talking about Donald Trump. They're talking about the presidency and reality uh, TV too. So yeah, it's reality. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It's making it. And, you know, I, I say frequently that, um, I'm I'm not a supporter of the president. I think that he's, uh, you know, I think he's been a huge failure in you know, a dozen different ways. But one of the things that I find really positive about him or a silver lining about his presidency is that people are paying attention now more than they ever have, mm-hmm. at, at least as long as I've been alive. And I think pretty much ever um, because of social media, because of the 24 hour news and because he is just so mind-blowing as a as a person and and as a concept that like this reality tv star is the president and that makes people pay attention like my friends are learning about politics in a way they never have before and ultimately i think that'll be a good thing i hope it'll be a good thing no i think that's a good point too i mean i've been i mean obviously the newsletter has been helping but i've personally have realized that i feel like I, i was aware of what's happening but i never really took that initiative sometimes to really I would say get involved, right? And I've I've been trying to, you know, get my own education up, but also just actually go out and understand what am I voting for, what's on the ballot. So uh, I think that's that's really good. And in terms of you, like, how are you even able to do it? Is it just you? Do you have a team? Like, how does this all happen? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, there is a team, man. There wasn't in the beginning, but there is now, which is okay. dope. It's so fun to have other people in it with me. Uh, yeah, my, so I wake up every morning, um, and I have like a a research crew, basically two, two guys who, I don't know, I'd call them like research assistants, interns. They're pretty fresh out of college. Both of them are uh, really smart guys. They have political policy degrees. They know more than I do in a lot of ways. Um, and they, one of them researches the reader question that I'm going to cover every day. And one of them researches the story that matters and the numbers. Um, and they basically have a Google doc where they just like drop interesting articles that they found in stats and facts about a topic um, and like stuff they think I should look into. And then I kind of read everything. Like the first thing I do in the morning and at night, you know, like right now, tonight, I'll do some work. Um you know, I'm reading like a novel of politics every day. It's yeah. the same. Uh, so, yeah. And then, I mean, by six o'clock, 630, I'm writing. Um, and around like nine or 10, I'll start sharing a Google Doc with uh, my father, who is a, a, a pretty good writer himself. And he copy edits some of the stuff I'm doing. And oh, then wow. I actually have another reader who volunteered to be a copy editor. And he is a professional copy editor for the Texas legislator. So he, he reads like 4,000 page bills and edits them, you know, pulls periods. And so he's got, I mean, like actual professional editing eyes, which are great to have because um, it's really hard to edit your own work. So those are like the four people that produce the newsletter. And then uh, Magdalena is a woman I just hired who is killing it on Instagram, the Instagram. Yeah, I saw that, man. She's killing it for real. She yeah. is killing it, man. And um, she's been awesome. She just produces like beautiful graphics, really unique stuff. And all of that is her start to finish. I don't touch that stuff. Like 
she emails it to me before it goes up and I just say like green light or red light. I see a little comma <laughs> error mistake, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but the concept, the colors, everything she does. And she's like, I, people, I get emails and texts every day from people being like, dude, your Instagram account's amazing. I'm like, yeah, I don't do any of that. <laughs> uh, which is really cool. She's been like, she just started about a month ago. Um, and you know, it's a risk. It's my first hire really. Yeah. And uh, you never know, but I'm like, I'm so thrilled with her and I'm sure she's watching right now. So I appreciate you, Magdalena. You're, you're crushing it. Yeah. I might even need to hire one of those, man. Having all these social media accounts is tough. Yeah, um, it's a lot. <laughs> okay, let me give a shout out to Juan, my own artist. He's the one that put in that work for you. Uh, but I had two questions that kind of just came up from what you just said. And I also want to give a heads up to everybody. I know that you got some uh, some uh, schedule, so you can't stay with us for the full hour. So uh, I'm hanging out, man. It's all right. What? Okay. Not, <laughs> not affecting the, the movie club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, feel free to uh, send questions, guys, down down below. Um, so my first question was going back to the reader question portion of the um, of the of the uh, article, and I want to ask you why do you feel it's important to have your readers be a part of the newsletter, as in they ask questions and actually they will actually challenge you on what you say. I think you had what five corrections in the past ten months or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, look, I mean, uh, politics is a lived experience, you know, I mean, this is like, this is part of the message of Tangle. And part of the thing that I'm talking about is like, people are defined by the things they experience every day. Um, you know, most of the stuff that we learn, we don't learn from reading the New York Times. We don't learn it in social studies class. We learn it from interacting with people and going to our jobs and raising a family and going through our lives. And so, uh, I think it's really important to include perspectives that aren't mine, especially perspectives that, you know, disagree with me, perspectives that run in, in contrast to my own. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I'm like dedicated to every day elevating, um, you know, a response to the previous day's newsletter from a reader. Um, part of that is that I answer a reader question in every newsletter, which is really cool because um, for me, it's super informative. Like I, I Based on what people ask me, I get a better understanding of what the country's thinking about. So, you know, I have people write in every day with questions and some days all the questions will be about the same thing. And so I'm like, I know that everybody's thinking about this specific news item or it's showing up in their social media feed. So that's yeah. like, that's really important for me. Um, and then I, yeah, I, I include reader feedback and corrections to stuff I wrote. Hopefully not corrections. I mean, corrections are like someone's like, I got something wrong. And yeah, that happens. Yeah. It's happened twice this week, which is the worst week I've ever had. <laughs> uh, I'm tired, man. It's yeah, been, I'm, game I, I need some sleep. <laughs> but um, yeah, mo I mean, most most of the time, the reader feedback is someone saying like, you know, I appreciate what you wrote. Here's my experience. Here's here's what I've seen or done. And, you know, I'm writing about coronavirus and I have nurses who read the newsletter. So they write in and they tell me about their experience. Like, I'm not going to tell a nurse who's on the front line of coronavirus, like your girlfriend, that like, that I know more than her. I don't. She knows. So I'm going to tell my readers what she's saying, because that's like a really important perspective to include. I mean, I can I can do the research and I have the journalism skills to suss out what's true and what's not and what's misleading and what isn't. Um, but some people are seeing this stuff up close and in person with the George Floyd the, the Black Lives Matter movement. I'm a white guy writing about race issues, you know, so I can look at a at a wide range of perspectives and 
pick out arguments that I think resonate with me or are really important or, or hit home for me. But I can't talk about the lived experience of a black American. You know, I don't know what that is. So when someone writes in and they say, hey, I'm a black guy living in Washington, D.C. Here's what my life's been like. I'm going to share that perspective. That's like a really important thing for my readers to see. So it kind of diversifies, you know, the cool thing that's happening with Tangle is it's becoming a community of people. You know, I mean, the readers who write in, write in a lot. There's a group of people who are interested in the stuff I'm writing. And they're also contributing to the newsletter in those reader feedback sections. So if you read Tangle, you don't just hear from me. You hear from people all across America yeah. with different perspectives who have different things to offer, you know? That's actually good. I think I have a question kind of relates to that. Uh, shout out Michelle. She says, where do you get your news from? Is there anywhere you consider to be a trusted source? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tangle.substack.com. <laughs> um, you know, I... I do, I, I have, I typically, when people ask this question, the three that I give are the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post. Um, and the reason I do that is because those news outlets have the best journalists in the country. They just do. I mean, you know, a lot of people think the New York Times leans kind of left. A lot of people think the Wall Street Journal leans right. The Washington Post is generally considered like, center, but a lot of Trump supporters feel the Washington Post leans left. Um, and, you know, those things are true. You read the same story in the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal about the same topic. They're going to they report the story differently. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's it right there. The fact that their stories aren't identical is proof of the fact that they have certain biases and they make decisions about what to include. But those places have the most money. And because they have the most money, they hire the best journalists and because they hire the best journalists, they make the least mistakes and they do the best work. Um, so, you know, if you're reading any one source, I would just suggest one of them. But, uh, you know, if you read the Washington Post and you love the Washington Post, I think it's also important to read the Wall Street Journal to contextualize it because they will cover stories a little differently. And the information, the facts that the journal brings in are are just as important and relevant, you know, and it gives you sort of a different perspective. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, those are like the first three things I read every day, but I read probably 25 news outlets and listen to a couple podcasts in any given day. Um, so it's a lot, you know, plus Twitter. <laughs> yeah, shout out Twitter, man. Yeah, shout out to Twitter. Uh, another question. From Danny, she said, is there such a thing as unbiased journalism? Ooh, that's a tough Ooh. question, man. Uh, my opinion is there's not. Um, I mean, people write books about this stuff, Danny, so I can't answer it <laughs> in an Instagram Live. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I just said a few minutes ago, you know, everybody has their lived experiences and, you know, the the most the most foundational part of bias is story selection you know what stories do you decide to cover what fox news chooses to cover is different from what cnn chooses to cover you know you watch both of their primetime television networks um then like yeah you need to end all the <laughs> yeah 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 you're not gonna get it man i'm sorry um it's hard it's really hard i don't i don't think there is because i think 
everybody, you know, I do a 30 minute interview. When I was a political reporter before Tangle, I would yeah. call people on the phone and I'd do a 30 minute interview. And then at the end of that interview, I'd have to pick three quotes to include from a source in a story. And those three quotes are, you know, 35 second snippets of a 30 minute interview. So the decision I make about what quotes to include alone is what conscious or not is a reflection of my bias. You know, I'm making a decision and I don't have the control over, you know, sometimes I don't have the control over how that decision's made. I'm trying hard to pick something that I think is representative of what this person meant or what they were saying, but I have all these biases and lived experiences that inform that. And so, no, I don't think unbiased journalism is um, a thing. I do think that honest journalism is a thing, you know, I mean, there are, there are papers and news outlets who are trying to get things right and doing a, a real intentional job of trying to be honest and represent things fairly. And there are places that are not. Um, so I think that's like the distinction I would make. Gotcha. And I know we're kind of running on your time. How much time you got? I got some more questions here. I got five or 10 minutes, man. Let's do it. I like the questions. Cool. It's fun seeing them pop up on my end. I know, Which right? podcast? Damn, yeah. that's a good question. Yeah. Um, the best. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to like endorse this podcast fully because these guys drink a lot and they say <laughs> some dumb shit, and I don't want to be like associated with what they say. You know, it's like cheers. Um, but uh, there's a podcast called the We the Fifth Podcast, um, and it's basically a group of guys who are all reporters. It's a reporter from Vice, a reporter from the news outlet Freethink, and a reporter from Reason.com. And they're all kind of center conservatives. Um, one of them is like a little bit to the left, but they're just like, they're just flamethrowers, man. They just talk shit about everybody. And it's just refreshing. I love their podcast because they don't pull punches on people and they know a lot of people in the media industry. So they talk a lot about journalism. But they also talk a lot about politics and the state of the country. Um, the guy who hosts the, poli- the the podcast is named Camille Foster. And uh, he's actually, uh, he's a black guy who's a conservative libertarian, which is like a pretty, you know, it's kind of a unicorn. You don't, there's not a lot of people who yeah. have the political views he has. And also you know, talk about race issues and policing and all the stuff that's in the conversation right now, the way he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find his perspectives like really unique and thought provoking and informative. I don't agree with him on a lot of stuff, but I, he challenges me and he's like, an, he's a pretty honest guy and he's really funny. Um, and then the other two guys are, you know, experienced vets in the business. So I would check them out. Uh, we, the fifth podcast. And then um, the New York Times Daily. I mean, that's typically like the first thing I, I listen to in the morning because they just have the pulse of what's going on. Um, they did a great story this week, like an audio story that was about all the people who had lost their jobs in the country in the last month or two. And they interviewed a bunch, they just interviewed a bunch of people who had lost their jobs. And it was like, you know, it was just really powerful just hearing from regular Americans about the struggle they were going through. Uh, they consistently produ- produce like some of the best podcast work. So, yeah, the New York Times Daily and um, and We the Fifth are probably the two I would recommend. Got you. That's actually a good uh, point. Um, 
do you feel like you would consider that space? Because I think your obviously your newsletter isn't that long. I think about average ten to fifteen minutes. But would you consider putting that into a podcast medium so somebody could consume it on the way to work? They just kind of feel like, oh, I've learned something today. I can actually speak to different sides. What do you think? Totally. Um, yeah, I have a lot of people who write in and say, like, I wish I could just listen to you read this. You know, if there was just a button at the top where I could just press play and, you know, fuck around the house and drive to work, whatever, and listen. Um, so it's something I'm working on. I actually just had a call this week with a guy who helps produce podcasts. Um, I have a, a, a I'm friends with um, Marquez Brownlee and Andrew Maganelli, who have like a, a really huge YouTube channel and they run a podcast called Waveform. And they just sent me an old microphone from their studio. They don't use oh, any wow. So I've got the setup. I got the equipment. I've got somebody who said he'll help me edit the podcast. Um, I don't have the time, but I'm trying to find it. And that's, that's definitely down the road. That'll be something I include for sure. Well, I'll definitely be down to listen. And uh, uh, feel free to send any more questions before I let Isaac go. But um, kind of to start wrapping it up, uh, I kind of want to ask, like, what do you feel like? Because obviously, you know, you're, you write Tangle, that's your that's your thing, right? That's obviously, I want people to look at it, subscribe, whatever. But why do you feel that it's important? Or what is your advice for people that want to get more politically savvy? Like, aside from reading the newsletter, how do you think um, people, what, what do you think people should do? You know, my, I, I get this question a lot. And um, my answer is typically the same. So I'll give it to you. Uh, one is definitely read the newsletter. I think it's a great way to consume 10 or 12 minutes of news. So I'll certainly plug myself for that. Uh, but the second thing is just to talk to people, man. Like I, the number one thing I tell people is just talk to your neighbors, talk to people who disagree with you, talk to people who agree with you. Don't be shy about having the conversation about politics in, in the country right now. A lot of people are scared to do that and it might blow up It very well. Yeah. It may not go well. You know, that happens. I've had political conversations that have ended in screening matches and that's all right, man. Like it's, it's not always a productive thing, but I learned the most by far, not from reading all, you know, the 25 news outlets I read a day or listen to the podcast. It's like talking to the guy at the bodega, you know, catching up with a friend who lives in a different state mm-hmm. and asking about what's going on there. I mean, those are the things that inform me the most um you know i i'm 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 in a a group chat with my old college roommates pretty much every day i saw one of them just chimed in here and is watching uh and you know i have like one of the friends is uh he's sort of like right of center he lives in philadelphia another one is a a doctor in the the army or whatever and you know (laughs) they they, they bring perspectives to me that i don't have you know and they offer stuff and, and it's like, we talk politics and sports and whatever. Every day we're in this group chat, there's bullshitting with each other. And like, I learn a lot from hearing how they're feeling about something because it's like, I'm in a different world than they are um, in New York and being in the political game and whatever. And so, yeah, the, the, the my, my recommendation is having conversations in person is like by far the best thing you can do is to talk to people, especially people who disagree with you because that's that's like the only way to learn you know you got to be able to have conversations with people that have different experiences than you mm-hmm. and i feel like that's very that's very powerful i think that is really what i think people sometimes from either side might call the other side dumb 
misinformed, but I think the value of just understanding why people think and will really help you kind of be in their shoes. You're not going to switch sides, right? But sometimes understanding like, okay, I guess if I was in the position, maybe I would do that, right? I think it's very valuable. It's why I try to actually um, challenge myself on anything I consume. Uh, for example, I just recently watched uh, the 13th documentary uh, by Ava DuVernay on Netflix. Really great documentary, obviously, just chronic chronicling uh, the high amount of Black people in uh, the prison system. But even after watching it, it was a great documentary. I Googled it. I wanted to know the critics of it. I wanted to know why they were uh, criticizing it. And I wanted to know the facts because not that I can thought it was wrong. I just felt that I want to know why people might not agree with it, what may not they not have discussed, because I think it's just valuable to just understand the full picture of everything. So uh, I'm glad I'm able to do that. I'm glad I'm able to read uh, your uh, Tango newsletter. And I'm very glad you're able to take the time to uh, join me today. I really appreciate that, man. And I want uh, people that may have joined uh, late and didn't catch everything. I will be putting up the episode for a recap for about 24 hours. And then after 24 hours, I take it down. So if you guys can remember all that happened, uh, you can enter the uh, raffle and hopefully uh, win a free subscription. So Isaac, I really appreciate you, bro. Um, I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much. If you have anything else, feel free to say it. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I'm, I'm grateful for you giving me an opportunity to chat with you tonight. I'm glad you hit me up. I hope we stay connected. Uh, and yeah, look, if you know, if you're watching right now and the news feels overwhelming and things feel crazy, um, they are. Yeah, it's not your imagination. This is like <laughs> the most insane time we've ever had in our country. Yeah. But, you know, go subscribe to Tangle. Um, talk to your neighbors. Talk to people that don't agree with you. It's healthy. It's good. Uh, and I, I hope I'm crossing my fingers that things are headed in, in a good direction. Hopefully, man. And, we got uh, all we can do. Yeah, man. Let's let's circle up in a couple months and we can catch up and see see how things are going. I'm down, but you gotta you gotta hit me up with that. Uh, whoever gives you the verification check, let me know how. I can yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> sure, man. But I uh, no, appreciate you. I'm gonna uh, wrap it up with the rest of the audience and uh, have a good night, bro. All right, man. Thanks a lot. No problem. Later. If you enjoyed this creative conversation, I would appreciate if you did at least one of the following three things. One, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And feel free to leave me a rating and a review too if you have the time. Two, follow at Paul and Pals on your social media of choice, but ideally Instagram, so you can tune in live every other Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern to participate in the conversation and potentially win a raffle prize. Three, share the word. People tend to take the referral of a friend or family member seriously, so if you know of a friend or a family member that would also enjoy these creative conversations, send them a link to an episode. Lastly, if you're interested in coming on the show to share your story, please feel free to reach out to me via social media or send me an email at paul, that's P-O-L, at paulandpals.live. And who knows, you might just be the next pal that I interview. But without any further ado, remember to stay creative. Stay creative. Stay creative.